You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about sonic youth evil in the room i have rob hey buddy and john never gave a damn about the meter man and on the line i have kyle how you doing birch and jackson what's up birch hey evil is the third studio album by the american alternative rock band sonic youth it was released in may 1986 by sst records the producer is sonic youth and martin uh busy and the genre is alternative rock and post-bunk i'm gonna read from all music review fred thomas By 1986, a still relatively recently formed Sonic Youth was in a time of transition, born out of the noise of New York's thriving in ugliness, no wave scene, and ensconced in the influence of Glenn Branke's avant-garde guitar experimentalism. The band's early albums slowly morphed from the snotty abrasive clatter of its self-titled EP and spotty first proper LP, Confusion is Sex, into a far darker but still somewhat inconsistent merging of haunting sound sketches and foreboding noisy atmospheres on second album Bad Moon Rising. Evil found the band in a similarly eerie mindset, but this time the dark dreaminess of songs like Tom Violence, the tense instrumental of Death to Our Friends, and the gorgeously restrained Shadow of a Doubt are snapped into lockstep clarity by Steve Shelley's precise Tom Heavy drumming. Shelley, still a fresh face Michigan transplant to NYC, joined the band on Evil, replacing ex Pussy Galore drummer Bob Burt, whose trash can percussion added some of the roughness to early Sonic Youth albums. While Evil is still an album steeped in the noise and collage aesthetic, the band grew from the songs here, also represent the band's first flirtations with pop. Though gr- gift wrapped in jagged guitar tones and airy alternative tuning songs like green light star power and the hypnotic blissed out of the album closer expressway to your skull are built on cores of reaching melodicism and a tunefulness that borders at times on sounding playful the addition of shelley's propulsive drumming gave much needed punctuation to the band's previously murky approach and connected some of the amorphous Halloween-themed textures the band was immersed in at the time to more deliberate, even traditional song structures. Evil is a remarkable strong effort and sets the stage for crystallizing ideas that would soon result in what many consider the band's finest work. All right, what do we think of Sonic Youth Evil? It's a start. I fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah, this is a fantastic record. Yeah, amazing record. What do you mean by it's a start? Um, the, the, Rob, what it's <laughs> Kyle? What's here? It's I, I I just don't know if this early of Sonic Youth needs to be in here. 
Hmm, okay. That's what I mean by it's a start. There's a, there's a lot to love, but there's a lot that I was kind of like, huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Very understated yeah. album, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Still exploring. Still yeah, finding, finding himself. Yeah. They're reaching, which is nice. Um, but, yeah. Um, just not not the one that I would have started with. Okay. Okay. Where would you have started it, Rob? Um... The one that came Daydream. Really after that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Daydream Nation. Day- Daydream's where I started. Yeah, Daydream Nation. That, that, that's where I started too. Yeah, that's a okay. Yeah, like that. I <laughs> back when I was working for a mortgage company in 1998, mm-hmm. I was driving through the hills of Kentucky and I found Daydream Nation at a gas station on yep. tape, and uh, that that was my that was my introduction to Sonic Youth. Yeah, yeah, Rob. I was gonna say uh, I exclusively got into Sonic Youth in my in the late 90s. Uh, I don't think I ever like went and listened to a Sonic Youth record after the year 2000. But before that, I mean, Bad Moon Rising, Dirty, you know, Experimental Jet Set, Trash, No Star, Goo, Daydream Nation, Washing Machine. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Rob, we went to see them on the Thousand Leaves tour. Ooh, interesting. Which was not their best record. No, it was not. I remember seeing them and being excited to see Sonic Youth and then exclusively playing a thousand leaves being like, all right. Yes. <laughs> Maybe yes. I don't like this band anymore. <laughs> but every once, every, every few years I go back and I listen to, you know, daydream nation and goo and washing machine and they're fantastic records. And I mean, we're, we're going to be covering a lot of fucking Sonic youth coming oh, up. I think we have seven, good. seven of the records in here. Six, I seven. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I had six. never heard this record and I thought this record was amazing. Amazing. I assumed like, you know, mid eighties Sonic youth would just be noise and, you know, pretension, but it was it's a fucking great record. Yeah. The, the copy of daydream nation I had had expressway to your skull on it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which, I was like, when I was listening, I was like, well, that's weird. They put it on on both of them. Yeah. Expressway to Your Skull has been cited as the, uh, what would you say? Uh, Sweet Home Alabama of the, of the noise rock scene. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It, it, uh, it, it gets extended. It's the jam out. Everyone knows it's coming and it's, it, it propels them from being a mid-tier band into this new sort of stratosphere signing with sst records in the 80s and sort of like becoming more than just the the noisy band Mm -hmm. that plays you know um i think uh, neil young had cited it as you know one of the finest solos he's ever heard in his life and when he they were touring with him he actually used a stretch underneath or in the back while they were playing Express, wait to your skull. <laughs> Obviously, he's a big fan of, of theirs. But um, yeah, I mean, I came into Sonic Youth and I definitely I think Daydream was also. No, no, sorry. Jessa had just come out like when I first started listening to them and I did not get it. Not in the slightest. And then I really got it. Like, mm-hmm. And then I went so deep and I was like, everything. I just want everything this band's doing. And it took me a while to work backwards because you kind of you like work back to like dirty to goo to, you know, daydream. And then when I got to daydream, I was like, OK, makes sense. But yeah, this early stuff definitely takes a lot more involvement to get into. And even the stuff before this, the Death, Death Valley 69 on uh, Confusion is Sex and uh, the, the, self-titled. The, the self-titled is is one of the most difficult for me to go back um, and listen to because it's. 
it's poorly recorded. It's it's kind of a shoddy production, and I I don't know if they were ever happy with it. But yeah, this one definitely for me was like you did it. Yeah, you, you're toying around with the noise plus the pop elements in Shelley's introduction. You know, as the new drummer, I couldn't mm-hmm. ask for a better you know combination of these four individuals. It's a biggie. We got star power in our cans right now, and that uh, that is a absolute <sighs> standout track on this. That is the single this, from the album. This record was a goddamn treat, Birch. I think the last time I, I listened to Sonic Youth, I was hanging out at your house and listened to Sonic Youth records. Yep, that's me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you just dug out a crate. You know, Let's go. No, it's like this sounds great. Yep. That's what I'll put on. I'll put on a Sonic Youth record if you come over. <laughs> uh, and it's a test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. It was fun, though, digging into like the deeper facts and, and things about um, this album, sort of pulling out those things. I had no idea Tom's violence was actually about Tom Verlaine from Tom television. Verlaine. Yeah. And all the little nuggets that we have, like Shadow of a Doubt is a Hitchcock reference. Green Light is uh, about the Great Gadspeed. Uh, Expressway to Your Skull is talking about the Manson family killing all the California girls. So it, th- their band like really represented to me this like shrugging off of the old, like the old hippies, right? They liked that they embraced the hippies, especially Lee, who's a deadhead, and I, I think they. They really wanted to transition and take things that uh, Rice Chatham and uh, and uh, Glenn uh, Branca was doing these these like motifs of these multiple guitars, you know, on, on stage, creating this sort of cacophonous uh, element. Um, yeah, but I was just uh, I really latched on to Sonic Youth just because I, I thought there is something so different about this band. It's undeniable. And I'm never going to like, I can't get that anywhere else. This band somehow uh, is popular enough. You know, they have enough pop elements in them to, to it's like those jazz elements. It's like, you have just enough to keep me in there. The melodic, the melodic elements make the dissonance that much more dissonant because it, 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 it combines. He did what he had to do. He asked no questions. He had few conversations. The tar glistens in the noon heat. He tread across the grass, up onto and down off of the concrete abutments. Mirage on the highway, ghosts in the tunnel, the dark cave. Out into the blinding light of day at breakneck speed, every bolt rumbling. Glistening highway mirage groans, a slick surface careening into first a small mammal, then screeching along the guardrail, scraping pain and throwing sparks like sheets of pure terror for 400 yards, over and over, with one final back and forth rocking motion coming to rest. How many steps removed from Velvet Underground are we right now? We would be basically... This would be the second wave because punk would have been CBGB scene would have been directly at. Well, although dictators, Patty Smith and Patty Joni Smith, Mitchell, but they mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. CBGB's incorporates Patty Smith and yes. television and those. So it's either you could kind of say like second wave punk, post punk or something like that. I think post punk counts. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, this is a direct and this, result. this just reminds me a lot of like what John Cale was doing with the drone stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. 
and I, mean, I fucking and, love it. And, <laughs> I and, just need to come out and say that I fucking lo- I I love it. Yeah, love the drill. And Sonic Youth, like that's kind of like something they're known for, right? Like seeking a particular sound and preparing a guitar in such a way that they might have fifty guitars, sure. you know, on tour, sure, and each each one is you know set up specifically for a particular sound. Well, each guitar was fucked with, and they found a sound. Right, they weren't setting up the guitar for the sound. The sound was found by fucking up the guitar. Yeah, right. Yeah, sticking the drum underneath the strings. They you know did uh, put power tools into guitars and and would buy cheap guitars and just kind of mess with them, to mangle them. And I think that's. That's one of the the amazing things is we're getting more into these bands that are going to rely on these like textured elements, right? It's a texture of sound. Mm. It is not the it, it, it's a twist on it is what the Velvet Underground was doing, but it is separating itself from pop music melodies and and, and going in a different experimental way. It's the raw, sp- raw spaghetti and peanut butter sandwich yeah. of, uh, of melody. <laughs> As a, as a small child, one of my favorite bands was R.E.M. And uh, mm-hmm. listening to In the Kingdom, number 19, I realized that R.E.M. ripped this song off with Belong off of uh, Out of Time. Do you guys know that song? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and they yeah. Toured, toured together. Good friends. I mean, that was they were all in this sort of underground element, you know, with Nirvana and, and, and all those bands. They're a little bit of the outsiders and their own little collective it's it's like where did the punks go when Bon Jovi and all these other bands are <laughs> yeah. stadium rockers? I mean, no shit. They have to go back to the clubs and feel like they're part of something new. In the Kingdom, number nineteen was the first song or th- first thing that Mike Watt performed on after D Boone's yes. death. Um, Mike Watt, Mike Watt yeah. uh, gives Sonic Youth the uh, the credit for getting him to not just quit music altogether. After that, he was a very severe depression. Um, so yeah, yeah. then uh, then we get Firehose, and uh, Firehose is opening for uh, Sonic Youth a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's great to see their support of of you know him after D Boone and yeah. you know that Mike SST Watt connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I also yeah since we're listening to the song, I, I also always find it really interesting, engaging that. I mean, there's three, there's three, four composers in the band, right? This is a Lee song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Lee has a very 60s uh, beat poetry style, especially on this song where he's talking about the car crash and, you know, it's kind of yeah. loose and out there. And, and uh, it, it really goes to the Allen Ginsberg, Jack Kerouac style, which he idolized. Um, but he was also, you know, really into 60s. Grateful Dead and and all those bands that got out there and experimented and did those things. Whereas Thurston's like the young punk, like he wanted to be on SST. He like wanted to be there. He wanted to be Black Flag. He, that's what he wanted for Sonic Youth is is he wanted to be the noisy, cacophonous Black Flag. And then you have you know Kim being the cool headed like art calculated you know drony elements and this this sort of like cold nico approach to things it's it's wonderful i just love listening to their albums because you can tell who's like writing the song but at the same time it still feels like them mm-hmm. lee Sorry. ronaldo wrote my favorite songs about you yeah what do you think yeah i mean i definitely identify with a, a lot of his songs um more than others it, it, it just depends are though. we talking on this record or 
overall. I think you're talking overall. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I will answer that question when we get to more Sonic Youth albums. Yeah. I'm in the now, Carl. Because <laughs> at this point, Steve was just like, he was like cat sitting for uh, yep. uh, Kim, Kim and, and Moore. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tom, uh, Kim and Tom. And uh, they needed a drummer. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's awesome. He he does a hell of a job. He's great. He was uh, in the Crucifix mm-hmm. uh, previously. And yeah, he was like debating whether or not to move to, I think it was t- Texas. And they were like, why don't you just come to New York? See what it's like. You can house sit for us. I think they were still touring with uh, Glenn uh, Branca mm-hmm. going to Europe. Also, funny story is when they would go on tour with these other artists because he really liked Lee and uh, Thurston for their guitar playing and making these, you know, symphonies of guitars. They actually were like, hey, we're in a band to the promoter. Hey, uh, if you ever need us to come back to Europe and play some shows, you know, we're, we got this other band. And that's like how they got in with a lot of these uh, uh, these uh, promoters and started their tours is is playing on those those uh those tours but yeah he was just there and when they got back bob uh bert was just like ah, i'm not really into this right now like i just want to quit and you know the first time they had kicked him out and they made kim tell him that he was kicked out and then they had to invite him back because they didn't have a drummer and and eventually he was like yeah i'm out of here i, I just don't want to do this anymore he still worked in uh other bands like uh pussy galore and um Who's on Drag City? Royal Trucks. Mm. But yeah, I, yeah, Steve Shelley, for me, like brings this band home. And this is the album to do it. Agreed. It's a weird, it's a weird uh, album to talk over. Yeah, <laughs> because of the discord and the, and the jangle and the, yeah, but <sighs> ominous. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I love their sound. It It's not, yeah, it's not easily digestible. I get it. But if you like later post-punk, and if you like noise, you're gonna be like absolutely. This this mm-hmm. is this is all the flavors I know. Yeah, yeah, John, I agree with you. Um, when I was into Sonic Youth, like I said, it was a very short period of time, like my late teens, early twenties, and I just would have assumed uh, this record, you know, mid to late eighties, would have just been noise, and I just wouldn't have liked it. But um. Like listening to it end to end, I've listened to it several times. It's fantastic. Yeah, this one we're gonna get also get sister, which is very much in the in the same line of this. But yeah, yeah, it's also interesting to think about they're part of the SST family, mm-hmm. um, and I think SST was excited to have them because they were yeah, it's not a fucking hardcore band. Yeah, yeah, they got to branch out. Got to branch out. Yeah. yeah, getting away from that. They also had a little bit of um, uh, write ups. They're pretty popular in Europe and. Yeah. But you start to mix that peanut butter and that chocolate, you know, you get that <laughs> post-punk noise and that hardcore and you get cave-in, you know, mm. you get Snapcase, <laughs> you get all the, <laughs> you, get the sh- you get the Reese's that I'm fat on. <laughs> I didn't get this fat by just walking around. <laughs> I got fat by eating. <laughs> Jackson, you're skinny. <laughs> what do you think about this? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, partial to, to Kim's songs. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, sure. Like Shadow yeah. of a Dow, I really, really loved. Um, Secret Girl. And then, the, of course, Expressway to Your Skull was 
a, a treat to have that be the last song on the album because actually on Spotify it's listed under a different title. Madonna, Sean, and me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, this one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then Bubblegum because that was on the CD, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone have this album on vinyl? Does it? Uh, do, I, does. I've heard the legend that yeah, I've heard the legend that uh, Express with Your Skull has a locked groove. Yeah, it doesn't. Not in I yours. Play, yeah, or, I played or, it this week and it does not. Um, for me, now it says that yeah, I had read that some of them did on all of them that they had they were a locked groove on the on the, but mine does not have any. It doesn't have that repeating noise at the at the end. So urban I'm a, myth. I'm a little disappointed on that. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, I thought it, I thought it did, but I guess I just forgot about it. I thought that was a, that's such an amazing move too to put that uh, you know that lock groove at the end just because it it represents that the jam out that would have happened you know if you had seen them live on the vinyl too the the track listing is just completely off like one hundred percent off it's all mixed up and jumbled so. It doesn't make any sense, uh, but on the actual LP label, it's it's fine. Love the album cover. Yeah, uh, the Richard Kern uh, still from Submit to Me with a what's the model's name? Lung leg. Lung leg. Lung leg. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. like a moniker, like Twiggy, right? Like she yeah. wasn't she was not born lung leg. Yeah. That's her. <laughs> she took that on as a title. <laughs> Yeah, and Richard Kern was an underground like filmmaker around this time, and he was doing um, sort of like artsy, uh, yeah, eight millimeter stuff, and he did a, a couple of videos for them. But we'll get to those later, I'm sure. to ask Hubert or Jackson, but uh, Lydia Lunch is mm-hmm. is in their purview yeah. and also featured on this album. Can you can somebody tell me a bit about her? I know she's a big figure in the New York art scene. Is that right? Are you not familiar with Lydia Lunch? Do you enjoy I, spoken word? I mean, I like I like Patty Smith, and I like uh, you know Lydia uh, Lunch is its in own the Kingdom thing. Number Nineteen. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they're definitely part of the same sort of scene. Yeah. What's what's her? She was she was in a teenage what was it? Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. There you go. The yeah, uh, and she was definitely one of those characters in the CBGB scene. Uh, true punk poet. No wave. No wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of this, she actually like <laughs> really tried to jump uh, Thurston's bones, and he <laughs> he was like so naive and. He All didn't right. even know what to do because she is right, like guys. a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> like she is uh, anytime you, you see her perform or hear her music, it is it, it's that Patti Smith vibe. You know, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. intense. It has an intensity and it's very, very um, distinct. Yeah, very distinct. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she was she was around this. Um, she, good friends with them, obviously. And she would uh, pop up on. A, a lot of videos they would shoot she would just be around 
because it, it, it's like the it's all the art kids, you know, making <laughs> making their art and you're going to just have them uh, have that crossover. I'm going to make this connection. It might not be popular. Thurston Moore was a very attractive man. He still is. But sure. he's a tall, he's a tall, lanky dude with swoopy hair. Of course. He played in a cool band. I'm only bringing this up because a lot of our criticism that we leveled at John Bon Jovi <laughs> could be leveled at Thurston Moore. Really? It's true. It it's true. Looks. I've read first person accounts of women who are like, Thurston Moore, I want to jump his bones. More like, like Thirsty Moore, am I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Thurston Moore's writing he's he's making making art, man. Like this band is making art. Bon Jovi was making pop. So's John Bon Jovi. Oh, bro. Shut is up. it is it possible that they were thirsty for more because he was <laughs> unattainable because he definitely was infatuated with Kim? They were thirsty for more for Thurston Moore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I think they look like dorks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're complete dorks. Kim, Kim, Kim is cool as shit. Cool as shit. Always yeah, cool yeah. as shit. But, yeah, this I mean, album is cool as shit. This album's fantastic. Yeah. I've never heard this record as a lapsed as a lapsed Sonic Youth fan. Five stars. I love this. Yeah, it made me uh, go back and listen to Daydream Nation and like goo. Yeah, like, and we will. We 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 will get yeah. to we will get to all of these. Awesome. Uh, did anyone read the Crescat review? Absolutely, but go ahead. Sure, read uh, it to me, Rob. By uh, deigning to play a few tunes and eschewing both dirge and breakdown for the minute. At a time, these media heroes work up a credible representation of the avant porn cliches that mean so much to them. You know, passion as self-immolation, life redeemed on the edge of death, and, last but not least, it was only a dream. The deliberate stupid title, misspelled frontwards and misapprehended backwards, captures the loopy tone they've achieved. In fact, the good parts are so good that for a while there I thought I was enjoying the bad parts. Guess I must have been wool gathering. B plus. <laughs> so, so that's what that's what Christgast sounds like from here on in. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so Sonic Youth and Christgast definitely were not fans, not fans of each other, especially at the beginning. He he, I think this was the record that he started to come around on. Oh, and he, he, and he gets it on. He Nation. starts to get it after this and becomes a staunch defender. But I love on their previous "Confusion Is Sex," they have a song called "Kill Your Idols." The first, the first lyric is, "I don't know why you want to impress Christ Gal." <laughs> oh, ah, let that shit die and find out the new goal. Chorus is kill your idols, Sonic Death. It's the end of the world. Your confusion is sex. But didn't they God, also damn. sometimes call that song like "I killed Christ Christ with, with my big fat dick" with or my something? Big dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Amazing. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Anybody want to get Sonic Youth tattoos tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Kyle. Yeah, I don't know. Need to need to go on and on because nah. we'll, we're we're going to get plenty of other albums and I'll have plenty more to talk about. We will go on and on and on yeah. for days on this. Yeah. Oh, I did want to mention that one oh, more yeah. thing. Uh, the spooky evil title was inspired by the multimedia artist Tony Ulcer, uh, who in 1984 devised a black comedy video piece also called Evil. 
Obviously, it also is love spelled backwards um, and represents an evolution of the uh, of you know them as a band. And Gordon once described this as a graveyard for '60s peace and love idealism, which I think is is great. Cool. Um, huge fan of Sonic Youth. I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. This album definitely. It's hard to re- recommend anything before Daydream because of what you had previously said. It's just a deeper dive. It's it's more entrenched in the sort of moody, textured, like, uh, you know, noise elements. That's very subdued. I mean, unless you put on um, Star Power and Expressway to Your Skull, it's like these things that you... Uh, those kind of tie it together, but very loosely. And once we, we're going to get more and more into the elements where they find pop music and, and get more into Madonna and all these other things. But we'll talk about that later. This is very accessible and very awesome to hear. Um, I was thinking this record might be a chore, but every song I was super into. Cool. Is that positive? Very positive. Jackson. Definitely positive. Positive. Looking forward to the albums after this, especially though. I'll, I'll lay it bare. Uh, I did not know much Sonic Youth. Um, I mean, I knew of uh, them and I knew of key, you know, parties in the band, especially Kim Gordon. But um, I'd never heard this album before. I'm excited to hear more. I really like this, um, and it was it was fresh and new to me, and I dug it. Nice. So positive. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm just going to start by saying listen to more Free Kitten. And uh, for me, uh, pretty neutral, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like there, there there, are three songs I loved and there were a handful that I was just kind of like, this is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I see where they're going. So neutral for me, but I, I, I really am looking forward to uh, getting more into Sonic Youth. Uh, and because the, 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 the coming up records are so fucking good. I'm looking forward to you getting into more. <laughs> all right next time we'll be talking about slayer raining oh my god raining blood <laughs> <laughs> fucking slayer <laughs> all right thanks y'all